0: What's going on, guys? My name is Josh.
1: And this is Kirsten.
0: And you are listening to the What's Happening Idaho podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. We are entering week three of the legislative session. That's right. Week two wrapped up and we're going to be speaking to Representative Tammy Nichols tonight to find out what happened that week. Before we get to that, we have some other things to discuss, though.
1: Yeah, like this morning, we got to walk around for Priscilla going door to door. That was fun. Yeah.
0: Canyon County showed up again. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) We're going to do it a lot.
0: Every Saturday.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: If you want to get out and meet your neighbors, come tell me and and I'll go walk yours or you can come walk mine. And like, I mean, I'm not an expert at it, but it's fun to get to know your neighbors.
0: It's you know what? It's something you don't have to be an expert at. Like the people that we've been talking to for Priscilla, these are America first Mm -hmm. type people. Mm -hmm. We just need them to understand the importance of the May 17th election.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Primaries in Idaho.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, when we have it to where we go and talk to these people, we usually go in teams of two mm-hmm. and we go talk to them and we're just really telling them who she is, what she stands for and making sure again that they're showing up May 17th about.
1: Yeah. And telling their friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Yeah. It was a fun time. We did it a couple weeks ago. We talked about it on our last podcast and we'll continue going out. You know, ultimately what we want to do with the campaign is we want to have it to where people are going out. Not necessarily just on Saturdays, because we understand not everybody can do that, Mm -hmm. but at least having people throughout the state going and talking to people any day that works for them, just coordinated effort.
1: Can you imagine if everybody just took their own neighborhood as their kind of personal, I'm going to hit every house, you know, before May 17th, that would be huge.
0: Well, that's what we did today. I had Daniel with me this time instead of you. Mm -hmm. Daniel's my cousin, as you know. Mm We went to his neighborhood and we actually did hit every house that was in his little neighborhood. Nice. So now we're expanding outside of that.
1: Right. So it's very cool. Yeah. I met what? I think 18 people today and then left stuff literature at seven. That's great. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh, Lots of good things happening as far as that goes. A lot of people are showing up and I got to tell you, it's appreciated.
1: Yeah, it's huge. What did Dorothy say for every person she spoke to? I think it was like a return of 17 votes.
0: I think it's 10.
1: Oh, was it 10? Yeah. I thought it was actually a lot more, but maybe it's because it's a candidate too.
0: Yeah. We also had something pretty fun happen this last week and you want to talk about it?
1: Road trip to Pocatello. That's right. Road trip.
0: <laughs> That's right. We did go on a road trip to Pocatello. Kirsten, why did we go to Pocatello?
1: Well, I was asked to speak at a Liberty dinner and I didn't realize how stressful that would be, but it was fun. It worked out. I brought two PCs with me, you and Chris Trichel, just kind of moral support, didn't know what to expect. And we got to do one bonus one in Blackfoot, which was fun. It was only about 25 minutes away. And we did that on Friday night and then, uh, got to do it again, a little different version of it on Saturday night, at that Liberty dinner, they have like 105 people that come yeah, regularly yeah. every month. In fact, it sells out. So people one month will sign up for the next month and it'll be done by the time they leave that dinner. I think that's pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Kirsten, for our listeners, what was the topic that they requested you drive all the way out from Nampa, Idaho, to talk to them about.
1: Friday night we talked about activism, conservative activism in Idaho, and then on Saturday I spoke about being a precinct committeeman, just kind of what I expected, what it ended up being, and what I did about it. And it was about 20 minutes. I don't know, maybe I spoke longer than you that. Spoke longer. Gosh, that. did I?
0: Yeah, but it was great.
1: Well, I felt like 20 minutes was such a long time to fill, but I didn't have a clock, so I just keep going, and and it was it was fun to explain to people that if I can do it, anybody can do it, and that it really doesn't take you know any special knowledge. It just takes will to do it and wanting yeah. to do it
0: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. it was a fun time as you stated chris trakle and i tagged along chris Trachel, he's running for senate against greg cheney mm-hmm. we'll have him on the podcast soon again he was on before yep i also tagged along i had a dual reason so i was mm-hmm. going out there to get other people set up to where they could door knock for priscilla mm-hmm. over in idaho falls pocatello chubbuck that whole area yeah. so Overall, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was. I really enjoyed these Liberty dinners. They're cropping up all over the state. And I think the more people that do them, the more they're going to see things changing in their county.
0: Speaking of Liberty dinners, we actually have Canyon Counties coming up tonight.
1: Yes, it's on the fourth Monday of every month for the most part. Um, It's gracious of them to allow us to do it at Stillwater Hollow. So 6 p.m. tonight with Janice this time. And we just always have conservative speakers or candidates come out and talk to us. And we usually have about 100 people at that
0: It's a lot of fun.
1: It is. And we're looking for sponsors for that as well. If there's um, conservative companies that want to do a sponsor table, for $75, they get two tickets and they get a six-foot table where they can display whatever they sell.
0: Oh, very cool. Mm
1: -hmm. They could do a raffle. They could do stuff too.
0: Another exciting thing, a Liberty Dinner starting in Ada County. Woohoo! Yep. February 1st, Tuesday, Mm -hmm. they're going to have the Ada County Liberty Dinner that is hosted by Daniel Bobinski with True Idaho News. It is going to be at 8001 West Fairview Avenue. It's called Watson's. Dinner's included. They have a full bar that is not included no. <laughs> with the dinner, but you do have that option. That they will have representative and candidate for lieutenant governor Priscilla Gidding speaking. It's $25 dinner. It's a lot of fun. And I'm really excited. I'm actually going to go to it too. Good. I think we should support all these popping up and really get people going and seeing how much fun they are because yeah. it truly is a blast.
1: Yeah, I'll be sending it out to my Liberty Text group. And if anybody wants to be on my Liberty Text group, I tell what's going on in Canyon and Ada and maybe around the state, depending on what the event is. But so you can always call me and get get on that.
0: Tonight's event, am I am seeing it? You are. Okay. All right, good. Well, I'll put on my best bolo tie and we'll get that done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> great.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, let's see. I don't think there's anything else to cover really before we get our guests on. So great. With that in mind, let's go ahead and We wanted to talk to Brandon Durst. There was a situation that happened at the Capitol, and there's a lot of stuff that's being reported about it. But you know what? We've only heard one side. And of course, here at What's Happening Idaho, we want to give a platform for people to have their voice and to share their voice. So, Brandon, thank you for joining us. How are you doing? I'm doing
2: well. How about you guys?
1: Good.
0: Good. Yeah. (laughs) Putting away some jerky. Yeah, we are. So... Well, Brandon, for those of us who weren't at the Capitol and we just saw the news headlines, can you kind of tell us what was going on, what you were doing at the Capitol, and then kind of whatever you feel like you want to share?
2: Yeah, uh, so on Tuesday this this um, past week, we were uh, Senator Zito and I were introducing the Idaho Parents' Parental Freedom and Education Act to the Senate Education Committee, and uh, it was a print hearing for the RS and we kind of expected it to be a, you know, perfunctory thing. That's how it typically works in the Senate. If you have a, if you get on the agenda for an RS, it's pretty much a given that you're going to get your RS printed, but we were met with a lot of questions, which was fine. But uh, at the end we, there was a motion made to print. That motion failed on a four to four tie. Uh, Two Republicans joined with the two liberal Democrats and uh, voted it down after the meeting adjourned senator woodward was aggressively walking towards me and i made a flippant comment about how it was a bad vote and we're going to make sure that his opponent knew about it in the primary and he then uh, got in my face and started you know cajoling me for making the comment that i made which i fully accept was 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 not an appropriate comment at the time. I mean, I didn't use any sort of profanity, which is sort of being suggested in the media. But anyone who knows me you knows that's not my style. But you know, I, I fully I take full responsibility for saying what I said, which wasn't the time or place to say it. And, and in fact, right after that, I so then I walked out into the hallway, and the state police reminded me about the decorum of the Senate. They didn't ever pull me aside. They never, you know, grabbed me or escorted me or anything like that. Like it's being reported. So after a couple few minutes, I, you know, I, 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 I recognize that I shouldn't have said what I said. I was very frustrated because of the way that those two uh, Republican senators handled themselves. They didn't say a single word during the entire hearing and, you know, then did this thing that was very much out of, out of protocol for the Senate. Um, and I felt, but I felt bad, you know, I, I, I was convicted. I thought, you know, even though I'm frustrated, I I should have comported myself differently. And so I went to their Senate office and, you know, walked, you know, was able to go into the Senator's office. And I said, you know, I'm really sorry. I I shouldn't have said what I said. And I was very frustrated. And so I apologize for that. And when I said that he got very angry and stepped towards me and he's a tall guy. I'm not a short guy myself, but he's, he's taller than I am. And he leaned over me and started, dropping f-bombs and then he was putting his finger and he poked me in the chest and i just was like what 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 is going on here and I, i i just said well you know what would you do if you were in my position i came here to apologize for you but what would you do if if somebody had done what you just did to us in in that hearing and at that point you know the state police came back and you know you know, asked me to, to leave the office, which I was more than willing to do because it was clear that, that Senator Woodward had lost his cool and was acting pretty inappropriately. Yeah, we immediately requested the surveillance video. I still haven't heard back from the Senate Majority with regard to that request. They haven't they haven't told me that that I had that I could get it. They haven't told me where it is, and so I'm still waiting for them to provide me that. In fact, I, they haven't even acknowledged that I've requested it even though I made an official request. But again, I would just say that, you know, I, I made a mistake. I, I immediately owned it. I thought I did what the professional thing would be to do. Um, and I was met with a lot of hostility. And, you know, at this point, it's frustrating that so much is being misre- misreported and, and the Senate majority didn't give me a chance to, to say my side of things. I tried several times to communicate with them by phone and they refused. So, yeah, I can only do what I can do, but I'm comfortable with this primarily because I know what the truth actually is. And at the end of the day, that's what's important is that, that I know who I am. I know what I did and I've taken ownership of it already and
1: moving forward. Yeah. I have to say, I feel like I kind of understand where you guys put your heart and your soul into this. And it was probably really frustrating. I heard through the grapevine that before this even went, there would be no votes based on you being on it. I think that's horrid, I think that's immature, I think it's petty, or whatever that you wanna call it, that people would decide a vote, not based on our children in Idaho and what's best for the families, but what's in their interest. I don't know what their interest is, potentially, but um, you may, I don't know. And then I watched the video, I watched Amy Henry's video, and she was live streaming it that day. And I said, who is that guy who's sitting there who could care less the entire when he's listening? He had this look like, I don't I don't really care about any of this. And I just thought, who is that guy? And somebody said, that's Senator Woodward. And I thought, oh, that makes sense now. That's <laughs> yeah, terrible. He had
2: a really nasty look on his face the entire time. He and Senator Crowtree didn't say a single word the entire hearing until they voted against the bill. I saw that. Um, or- and, you know, and again, this is not to try to take any responsibility away from me and what I chose to do. I chose to say something I shouldn't have said in the time and place that I said I take full responsibility for that. But, you know, the reality is both the, sen- both the senators, both the Republicans that voted against that introduction are supporting my, one of my opponents. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, I think you can hit the nail on the head, Kirsten is that people are making decisions public policy decisions based around who their preferred candidate is and the idea for them to give me a potential quote unquote win and would rather throw parents under the bus and throw kids under the bus to keep me from doing something to get credit for something you know is really gross and so that's that is what it is that's where we are yeah um right now and it's it's frustrating but you know, not to make this too hyper-spiritual, but I was pretty frustrated yesterday after the press release came out. And you know, I spent a lot of time in prayer and just thinking about what had been going on. And I was really discouraged at first. But then I was just reminded in prayer that it's when we are being attacked the most vigorously. It's when we can typically know when we're walking in the in accordance with what God wants for us. And so... I just really felt strongly that the Lord was telling me, like, you're right where I want you to be. Don't give up. Press on. I've got this. And so, you know, I actually felt quite encouraged after that and I just I remember that I was at a house party on Monday in Nampa and I had told the group there they'd asked what they could do for me and I said, You know, I don't know what you can do for me besides pray because there are attacks coming. And I didn't know why I knew that, um, but I just really felt strongly in my spirit that there was going to be some attacks coming. I didn't know when I didn't know what they were going to look like, but now I don't. (laughs) And, you know, I know people might listen to me like, well, that's crazy. He's just saying stuff like that and that's fine. But again, I know my spirit. I know this is, this is what we're, this is where we're at. This is, this is not just about politics right now. This is a battle for this country and there's a battle for, there's a spiritual battle that happens and I truly believe that, and I think, you know, I believe that the folks that are trying to say these things have been deceived, and I forgive them for that, and I'm going to continue to pray that I do a better job of being a good witness Mm. for my faith, and anything I can do that would improve that, I I hope to do, and I hope to be held accountable for that as well,
0: because I need to
2: to hold myself to
0: that standard. Yeah. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, let
0: me say this, and... I'm going to say something. <laughs> I accept that you won't comment, and I'm glad that you probably won't. I will say what you said was not controversial at all. Did it fall under the decorum thing? Yes, I understand that. But the way that the media has painted this, I mean, I've gotten to know you. Kirsten mm-hmm. knows you. We don't know you as the person that they painted. So immediately, you know, my sniffer went off and said, this doesn't smell right. Mm-hmm. You know, and what you've described to me tonight, again, I'm not upset at it at all. I'm actually more upset that we're not saying it more at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for me, I I appreciate where you stand on this. I appreciate the fact that you recognize, hey, is it going to be a detractor from my my big statement, which is Jesus Christ is King? Mm -hmm. Yes, I respect and appreciate that. But people like me need to stand in the gap then and start telling these senators, Mm -hmm. hey, we're going to make sure your opponent knows about your vote. We're Mm going to make sure that they're educating your constituents Mm -hmm. and i'll tell you we've actually already endorsed scott Mm hernan who's running against senator woodward and i can understand why woodward would be stressed out Mm -hmm. because scott has a lot of momentum up there in district one so great but you know brandon thank you for for taking the torch with that school choice bill and trying to get it passed because it would have been so beneficial for idaho families here Mm
2: -hmm. and it's this is the final rights bill josh this is the parental rights bill Mm -hmm. so i had a school choice bill too uh, which i haven't introduced yet we're still working on that but this is the parental rights bill which really just says something very simple which is that we believe parents should make decisions for their kids yeah they should be able to go to their kids classrooms they should be able to say without their kids wear masks or get vaccines that they should be able to decide which curriculum their children are exposed to these things shouldn't require a bill yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. they, 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 this shouldn't this this falls under the there shouldn't need to be a law. Yeah. Right. Especially I, in a state like Idaho. Yeah. This I was is thinking, ridiculous.
1: I thought Idaho Constitution had more parental rights in it, granted, but I that could just be a.
2: Well, it sort of does. And, and the problem is districts say they can have. They don't have clear direction. And so you can see throughout the state of Idaho districts who have not been providing those things to parents who tell them their parents, they can't come in unless they give them 24 hours notice. Or they tell their parents, you know, your child has to wear a mask or they can't come to school. And really all I was trying to do is say, hold on guys, let's recognize whose kids these are. Mm -hmm. These are the, these are the, these are the parents' children. They didn't become less the parents' children just because they walked through the doors of a public school. And we are currently taking up signatures uh, to to get support for this. I didn't think we would have to go to that extent, but we are. Um, to show that there's a wide, wide support throughout the entire state of Idaho from parents and from um, grandparents and others who say, come on, guys, we need to be able to support these parental decisions because when parents aren't feeling supported, they don't engage. Yeah. And when they don't engage, kids don't learn as much. Mm-hmm. And so... Absolutely. I'm not ashamed of the message we're trying to push. I'm very supportive and I'm very passionate about fighting for parental rights. And I let my passion get a little bit of the better of me. But, you know, it's it is true that I'm going to continue to fight for these things. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Good.
1: Yeah, it is frustrating when this comes up against a wall, though. Do you have a plan to get around the wall? Is there more that we can do or is it what, what you're and also tell us where we can go to sign this parental bill?
2: So we, uh, so as far as the first part of the question, yeah. Kirsten, we we are hopeful. There was one missing senator at that committee hearing. He's substituting for Senator Johnson, and he wasn't there. So we're hopeful that he can be persuaded to join the rest of the Republicans on that committee and the majority of the Republicans on that committee, and he will he will go with us, and and that's going to be about getting showing a broad base of support, saying, look, this is not an outlier idea. This isn't some extremist or radical position to take. And so that's number one. As far as the location to find it, if someone's looking for it, they can email, Senator her to Zitto mm-hmm. at her um, Senate email. She'd be happy to respond. Or if somebody knows how to get a hold of me, they can they can text me at my campaign phone number, 208-505-8893. I'll send them the link as well. We're not dispersing these, this information to anyone else. This is only going to be used for this purpose Um, and if we ever decide we need to use it for something else we'll ask for permission first so people don't have to worry about their information being sold or Mm -hmm. misused in a way that they wouldn't have otherwise approved of
1: so maybe we can put that in the show notes josh we can put that yeah link brandon if you don't mind passing that on to josh
0: yep yeah we'll get that that in the show notes brandon i appreciate you stay the course you have our support Mm -hmm. and i would encourage people to say that they also stand with you and the best way to do that is monetarily because running a campaign is expensive.
1: State Everybody, special. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Everybody give Brandon, if you can, at least $20.22 $20. to ring in the new year. And let us know that you do because that will also qualify you for the Beef jerky, jerky Box giveaway from our sponsor, Idaho Prep Company, which I talk about later in the show because we're recording this after the show. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it's going to go into the front part of the show. Stick around and you'll you'll hear the details of that. Yeah. (laughs) Brandon, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful evening. If you need anything, reach out to Kirsten and I. We're here to help. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate your help. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks for
1: telling your side. I appreciate it, Brandon.
0: Okay. Hey, no problem.
1: Hey, guys, this is Kirsten just interrupting this podcast to let you know that tonight at 6 p.m. at Stillwater Hollow in Nampa. We're having our Liberty Ladies Dinner. It's a Conservatives of event, and we have Janice McGeehan coming to speak. I hope you can make it. It's $20 for the dinner. and It's going to be a lot of patriots and a lot of fun. Hope you can come.
0: All right. So as stated, we are having Representative Tammy Nichols join us. Tammy is on the line. Representative Nichols, how are you?
3: I'm doing pretty good. How are you guys?
0: You know what? Better than I deserve. I have been under the weather, but I took a test. It was not COVID and I'm, I'm on the up. So
1: imagine that we still yeah. have colds,
0: <laughs> colds. Yes, That's I have, good. yes. It's a rare thing that not many people get.
1: I know. Right. The <laughs> seasonal winter sickness. Yeah. Where did it come from? Yeah. So surprise if anybody gets
3: sick, right? Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. because I was sick, I didn't spend any time at the Capitol this last week. And I was hoping that you could kind of fill us in on some of the things that happened there and we could kind of discuss those things and maybe a couple things that are coming up this week.
3: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's been kind of a slow um, beginning, I would say, to the Capitol. Uh, we're, we just finished our second week and um, we've only really voted on one bill so far in the House. Um, And that was the income tax bill that um, was, I don't know, like magically appeared after the governor's address, like the day after. So the governor gave his address on a Monday and by Tuesday it was all ready to go. And, um, you know, our conservative agenda that we came out with. So there's several representatives over the summer and fall came together and put together put out ideas on things that they wanted to see, um, happen in the legislature regarding legislation, um, this session. And we have, have a tax tax section and we had on there, uh, mainly property tax, uh, grocery tax repeal, um, and income tax was on there as well, but it wasn't, you know, our, our top, top two or three, I think it was the last one. So it was like the fourth on the list, but somehow, that is the governor, that was the governor's number one issue on doing a income tax rebate and making some changes, um, to the, to the, the structure. And so, um, Tuesday we found out that this bill was, was ready to go and I'm on revenue tax. And so it came into our committee and, um, it was introduced, and then i it was the next day or the day after it was uh, brought back again uh, for hearings, and um, there were uh, people that signed up to testify on it um, overwhelmingly and and while I was sitting there, I continued to get emails saying, "No, we want uh, property tax taken care of or grocery tax repeal or 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 some both you know a little bit of both." And so I, I said that I could support because I'm I'm for tax cuts um, of any kind, uh, but because I believe the people, especially when our state has almost a two billion surplus, I believe that the people definitely are entitled to their money back, and um, I don't care if it came from the feds or if it's the state or just whatever, it's still the taxpayers' money, and so. So while I considered this, and I think what the media pulled was, I called it breadcrumbs, because to me it is, it's $75 or 12% of, your, of what your tax return was. So the majority of people will be getting $75 a person. And to me, that's breadcrumbs, considering we have a, uh, almost a $2 billion surplus. So while it is tax, tax relief, um, like, like uh, momentarily tax relief, uh, one-time tax relief, It does not go far enough. So I said that I would support it, but that I, I have been hearing from my constituents and I know all legislators have been hearing from their constituents for over the last two, three, four plus years that property tax relief needs to happen and that we should not be having a a food tax or a, a grocery sales tax. We're one of five states that still taxes food. And, um, and so that is what people are wanting. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that proceeded. It came to the floor on Thursday, and it was passed. But there were many, many people, Republicans and Democrats, that stood saying, "This does not go far enough."
0: This episode is brought to you by Idaho Prep Co. Idaho Prep Co. is a beef jerky company.
1: Yeah, they're made in Idaho.
0: Yep, that's right, made in Idaho. You know, my favorite flavor is the sweet mango habanero. It's not too spicy. Mm -mm. It's got a nice little heat at the end, but you really can't taste any spice while eating it.
1: Yeah, listen, I'm Norwegian, and if I can eat it, it was good. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the pepper kind of kicked my butt a little more than the habanero. Absolutely.
0: Well, it's really good. He makes really good products, and he hasn't forgotten your furry friend. There's actually snacks for your dogs as well that the company makes.
1: You know what I love? There's no nitrates, and there's no preservatives.
0: Yeah, that's great. And as you stated, it's made in Idaho.
1: Yep. I like that they're made in small batches and handmade too.
0: Idaho Prep Co. is proud supporters of the U.S. military. And to show their appreciation, they will ship their products to all U.S. military bases worldwide for free. That's awesome. All their packages are vacuum sealed and resealable packages. Perfect for on the go or for your outdoor adventure. They're family owned and operated. And again, they're a supporter of the podcast. So if you support the podcast, please go support Idaho Prep Co. More information and ordering can be done at www.idahoprepco.com.
3: We need more done. There better be more discussion on taxes and tax cuts. And we need to, we need to give the people back their money.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: I'm going to be
1: honest. It's almost an insult. The $75. I just think really. Oh, (laughs)
3: absolutely. Absolutely. When I first read that, I was like, are you serious? This is the best that we can do. And I remember saying something similar in regards to the property tax bill that was passed the session prior, that they had all this time to work on property tax relief. There was a good bill that Representative Scog had, ready, with, uh, I think there was over 50 co-sponsors on there. And Chairman Harris, who's on Revin Tax, would not even give it the time of day to even have a hearing. And, you know, that is just, that's sad. That is a slap in the face to the people of Idaho, and it is not how the process should be working at the Capitol building. Um, Representative Harris though, unfortunately, feels that he is a gatekeeper, and um, he, will ha- he has no problem telling people that either, which is amazing because I believe he was very much against that when he first got into office is what I have heard, but uh, somehow he's gotten pulled right into it now. And feels that that's appropriate to be the gatekeeper. And while there needs to be discretion, there should not be a, 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 the inability to be able to put out ideas and to give, um, give time to, to good ideas that could really help the state and the people of Idaho. Yeah. But that's in essence what he's doing.
0: You know, the problem with it, representative Nichols, I'll tell you, look, I don't have a problem with bills being held back for the right reason right if i write a Mm -hmm. bill and if i'm a legislator and i write a bill Mm -hmm. and it's you know there's a lot of grammatical errors or different things like that that Mm -hmm. need fixed understand cool i can take that i can work with that but at the end Mm -hmm. of the day what drives me absolutely nuts about it is that it's bills that citizens have written that they've asked you to carry for them right Mm -hmm. those are the people who Mm -hmm. are being disenfranchised Mm -hmm. it's not you know big pharma it's not big tobacco
3: Oh, no, Maybe you'll never though. find those guys or the lobbyists or anything have a hard time getting their bills brought in. It is always um, legislators that are bringing forth bills that citizens have put together or have worked on or, or like with uh, Representative Scoggs bill. It was a group of citizens from Canyon County that worked with their counties and cities to put together something that everyone could get behind in regards to property tax and to that be for that to be denied the opportunity to have that idea put out there and heard is to me that's just that is an insult with with injury Mm -hmm. because it has hurt people to not have good property tax relief transpire
0: yeah I'm extremely disappointed (laughs) at where we're at with property tax. And there is, of course, the argument that that is something that's decided at the local level. Right. Those are the people who are setting those. But there's got to be something. I mean, you guys are talking to the citizens every day and you can see that people are drowning financially. I mean, grandma with her Mm -hmm. social security check Mm -hmm. is not making ends meet comfortably. Mm -hmm. I just can't fathom that we're still having this conversation. And you guys are absolutely correct. You know, a $75 check mm-hmm. is an insult. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do with it. I'm gonna donate it to a candidate who would fight for property tax relief.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, I mean, 75 bucks with the inflation that we have going on right now and the cost of living that is increased, and all these other things, 75 bucks does not go very far anymore. I can get almost about one, one in an eighth tank of, uh, of gas right now yeah. for 75 bucks. I can take my, my family with my, my, you know, two or three teenagers, however many I can pull that night. And we might be able to go out to dinner for 75 bucks if, if all of us go. And that would be, that would be a, a Pretty inexpensive. That'd be like McDonald, like going to McDonald's. You know, if I took all my kids with me, all five, we could probably eat at McDonald's for seventy five dollars.
0: <laughs> <That's so sad. laughs> yeah, no kidding.
3: But it just does not go very far, and and for that to be the 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 bill right out of the gate, I'm like, are you serious? And so on the floor, you know, I I talked about that, and I just really said, you know. I hope. And the thing that I kept hearing from other legislators that that are more moderate than I am was this talk on limited government and less government. And I stood up and I wanted to remind them that I am hearing all this talk about we need to limit government, less government. And I'm like, I hope you remember this as we proceed and discuss other legislation and that you keep in mind that you are right now pushing limited government and less government and you better darn well keep doing that. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, but that, that, yeah, that's the whole thing. I mean, there's, and, and there's so many taxes that we could cut so many types of taxes and there is some good bills that I know of that are out there that have to do with tax cuts. Uh, Representative Ron Nate just had his bill for, for the grocery tax um, repeal read across the floor. He's running it right now as a personal bill because Chairman Harris told him that he is not going to see the time of day with that bill in his committee wow. and, um, and that he will not allow any other tax cut bills to come across his committee until this income tax bill is signed by the governor. That was his words. Wow. And I'm like, wow, that is, that is a horrible thing to say. What a horrible way to chair. Um, and that he's going to be that petty um, in regards to good pieces of legislation coming before his committee, that that's wrong. If I was the, was the leader, if I was the speaker and I knew that that kind of, kind of, um, uh, information was coming back to me and that that was the, the thoughts of my chairman, I would not be keeping them as chairman much longer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, Steph Lucas actually asked Scott Becky on his on her radio program recently, about that, and he avoided the question completely. She's like, "Why are bills being drawn?" And it's he did the old classic thing that a lot of politicians do, which is, don't answer the question that was asked. Answer the question you want to answer,
3: mm-hmm. and he avoided right. it completely. Yeah. And that's that's too bad. That is too bad. But that, um, unfortunately, is not surprising either. Yeah.
0: You know what really disappoints me? And I think what frustrates me about this big tax cut bill that's coming out is that Mm -hmm. it's just used as an opportunity for a lot of lawmakers to go back to their districts, talk about how conservative they were, talk Mm -hmm. about all the great things they did. It's for Brad Little to go, you know, hey, everybody, I, I went ahead and cut. I did the largest tax cut in the state of Idaho. You're going to yeah. get $75 of your hard-earned tax dollars back.
1: Right.
3: You know, right. again, Yeah. <laughs> Kiss my ring. <laughs> it's
0: yeah. great. Bow the knee. Yeah, it's
3: a complete campaigning tool. That's all it's being utilized for. Because if they were really serious about cutting taxes and giving Idahoans back their money, they would have much better pieces of legislation ready to go um, right now.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
3: I'm concerned mm-hmm. about what
1: I'm hearing about Harris. I'm thinking, do we need constituents to call from all over the state? He's affecting
3: absolutely, us. absolutely. He is he is causing the issues that we have going on right now on our on our taxes. That oh. is that's the stumbling block number one right there in the House because tax policy has to start in the House, and he's the chairman of the House Revenue and Taxation Committee, and so he's the one. That gets to dictate what pieces of legislation are going to come before his committee. So he is the number one stumbling block.
0: Okay. We'll make sure to include his email in our show notes that people will be able to access.
3: That'd be good. That would be great.
0: Let's uh let's always let's circle back to the food tax. You know, I remember when Brad Little was elected, he was saying, Hey, I won't pass the grocery tax repeal this year, but I would be more than happy to next year. And now mm-hmm. he's saying he's he would not pass it. What have, what have you heard, like, what is the holdup with that? I mean, it seems like we have a different governor from the one who was campaigning to the one who is now serving as governor. Oh,
3: we absolutely we do. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting quandary because just remember, it was maybe, what, six or seven years ago that proper our grocery tax repeal uh, bill was passed, and the governor at that time, Governor Otter, uh, vetoed it one day late um, than when he was allowed to constitutionally And so it went to court and the courts determined that they would give him a slap on the wrist this time, but for him not to do that again, or any governor to, to extend their, their days. So it was done. It was done once before. Uh, It was passed by both sides of the, of the chambers with great support. And now since then, we have had a heck of a time trying to even get it in front of a committee So, um, so yeah, so we definitely have a situation where, uh, what we have been told by, by this governor and by other representatives in the house and Senate, there's a different, different flavor going on, um, now and over the last few years regarding grocery tax. And it shouldn't be a big deal. Like I said, we're one of five States that still tax groceries and, and the concerning part to me is that Idaho is surrounded by other states that don't tax groceries or, or it's a limited tax. And so our bordering towns, um, they are having a hard time because people that live nearby, they don't shop with them. They can go just across the border and do their grocery shopping and pay less than what they would be paying in Idaho. So it affects your businesses, it affects your, your your workers, it it affects your your people, and uh, and yet we still can't get rid of it.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Let me ask you a question. How much of it do you think is them not liking the bill, and how much of it do you think is them not liking the person who sponsors it? Because, I mean, a lot of these yeah. more conservative bills, they're coming from our conservative legislators. How much mm-hmm. do you think that plays into them not wanting to give your bill a hearing?
3: I think I think there's a a bit of both, actually. Um, you know, I I have heard um through the grapevine that certain chairmen uh will not hear bills from certain people. And I think I mean that talk about childish. That is childish. <laughs> and um and so yeah, I think there is truth to that as well as truth to them not liking that bill or not really wanting to pass real um, tax reform. So, um, and and that's really unfortunate. Again, all it does is hurt the people that live in the state. And, um, you know, and why they, why something that should be so easy? I mean, talk about low hanging fruit. Grocery tax repeal should be very low hanging fruit. And uh, and yet they they won't do it. So I think there there is truth to both things uh, with not wanting to pass the bill to begin with. And, and I'm sure when it was passed last time, I can't remember if that was an election year, but I'm sure it had something to do with elections. But um, but that and, and the person that that's bringing the bill forward. And so I think there there is a little of both of that. Yeah. Let me ask
0: you this. A lot of conservatives have been targeted. I mean, we saw. Representative Giddings mm-hmm. get attacked with the ethics committee do you feel like you have to walk on your tippy toes around there like that they are looking for any opportunity to come after conservatives
3: you know for me personally um I I don't I'm I myself wherever I go I mean if if there's something that somebody doesn't like well you know i I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm, I'm always nice to people. I mean, I sit down and I'll talk with the Democrats. I mean, I'll talk with whomever and I'm always cordial and nice. Um, but yeah, there, there is definitely some issues and some, t- you do, but you do have to be careful on what you say and who you say it to. And, you know, because things can get back or, or words can be twisted or whatever the case may be. Um, and so, yeah, you do have to be careful. I mean, at least with the Democrats, you know, who you're talking to, you know, yeah. you know what you're getting. And to me, um, it's unfortunate that, you know, I'd, I'd rather have a Democrat and be able to talk to them than have a Republican stab me in the back. I guess yeah. <laughs> Cause again, with the Democrats, I know what I'm getting. And so I know already, I already know how to act with them. Um, and again, I try to be myself regardless, But, um, but you do have to be careful in some, in in some instances. So I don't go around, um, myself walking on eggshells. Uh, there are some representatives that are more, much more careful than I am, Mm -hmm. um, because of past experiences that they've had. And so I can't blame them, but, um, but yeah, you just have to mind, mind your P's and Q's and just, you know, be, be, uh, you know, aware of your surroundings
0: <laughs> yeah i guess i should have clarified I, you're not the type to walk around you know on eggshells mm-hmm. we've seen that they've come after you in the past you know on oh, sure. social media and stuff like that and you're you're acclimated to it and, and you do a graceful mm-hmm. job of ignoring them <laughs> right. and just keep Move doing on. what you're doing but mm-hmm. uh you know it does seem like you know I, I think about it from if i was an elected representative because i do consider myself more conservative I just think, my goodness, like it it would almost feel like they're looking at every opportunity where they can go say, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I'm sure there are some that try to do that, Um, you know, and I mean, what a waste of time. And especially, you know, that's that's a problem that I do see is that there's a lot of inner fighting within the Republican Party. And we've talked about that in the past before. Um, And I think that is one of one of the tools that they try to utilize. Um, It's like right now, um, there's a few of them that that try to go after the more conservative Republicans and and label them as libertarians. You know, they're libertarians. Well, some of these people that are saying that they've never come and talked to me and asked me, are you a libertarian or, you know, how do you classify yourself or or, you know, where do you stand on this issue or what have you? And some of them are are the ones that won't even sign the Republican Party uh, platform pledge. Not, not so, but yet they want to go and and spread rumors about people. But you know, you just have to know that that you're dealing with a lot of personalities. You're going to deal with some people that um, you know are are just not going to like you, regardless of what you do or don't do. Mm-hmm. And um, and that there's always going to be people that are going to try to go after you. And when you're standing up for for good. Pe- good things, um, liber- real liberty type things, real freedom type things, you're going to get people even in your own party that are going to try to, uh, take you down and go against you. And, uh, and it's because that they're actually for more government, more spending, uh, more, more government intrusion. Um, they may not know, not see it that way consciously, but, but subconsciously that's really what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, um. And, you know, depending on who's, who are they benefiting from? That's one question you always need to uh, be asking is, you know, how are they benefiting from X, Y, or Z? And who are they getting money from? Who's donating to them? And, uh, cause those are the ones that they're going to be beholden to. Uh, most of my, uh, contributions, um, like right now, uh, probably 90, 95% of my contributions come from people, in the state of Idaho, mm-hmm. not from, not from, you know, big corporations or things like that. It comes from the people. And, and I really appreciate that. And I am here uh, to represent the people. I, I, I started using the saying that I'm, I'm the lobbyist for the people that can't afford a lobbyist. Mm. Amen. And, and that's really what, what the people need because you have these lobbyists that are out there and they're not all bad. I'm not saying that at all, but you know but it does make one more beholden to doing something for for someone or something when they're benefiting from it
0: yeah yeah we had uh brent regan on recently and he said he filled in for senator vick one time and he said that it was actually hard to go against the grain and and not vote how everybody else was Mm,
1: peer pressure huh yeah he talked Mm -hmm. about it
0: being like the wave you know at a at a Mm -hmm. stadium you know Everybody goes to do the wave. you have to grab your your little (laughs) armchair and hold on for your life. So,
3: yeah, yeah, it is. It is hard to do that sometimes, Um, you know, and so, um, you know, you got you, you have to be able to stand on your principles. And and for me, as long as I can defend my vote and defend my decision. Um, you know, then, then that's what I'll do. And and my first thing always, you know, when I have bills that come before me is, is it constitutional? That's the first thing I, I look for is, is it constitutional? If it's not constitutional, then I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking to vote for that. (laughs)
1: That's great. They all need a reminder of that.
3: Yeah. Well, who was? It makes it easy. Mm -hmm. It makes it easy. If you can set that as your, as your number one priority, it makes it a lot easier as you proceed forward.
1: When everyone gets voted in, we should have a mandatory constitution class. Do they do that?
3: would
0: a matter. <laughs> that's, again, that's kind of the problem is, is it doesn't matter to people. A lot of people who get elected, they start mm-hmm. to feel emboldened and powerful and they enjoy mm-hmm. it. They enjoy that. Mm-hmm. They enjoy the attention and they forget what they're
1: there to do.
3: So many start out yeah. good and then slip. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And it's like the control goes to their head. And then if they get put in a chairmanship position... That usually even does even more damage, it seems like. So I've already said, you know, I've already spread the word. Do not put me in a chairmanship position. (laughs) Do not put me as a vice chair of anything. Because for one, I don't want to slip to the dark side uh, more easily. And for two, I don't want that to be utilized to hang over my head to try to get me to do things. So I just don't want to. I just don't want it. Not not that I couldn't do it. I just don't want it because I unless it's under different leadership. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a problem. It is a problem. And it's a problem that we have here in Idaho for sure. Every other state has the same thing going on. Um, you know, I talked to legislators in other states, same issues going on, um, and Idaho's no different. So that's yeah. good
1: to know. I like that you're mm-hmm. talking to other ones and seeing
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Tammy, another thing that's really important is the Secretary of State race. And why that's so important is because people are worried about the security of our elections. Now, there was a time when I was hanging out with you and a bunch of others. We were working on some stuff and you showed me a sample ballot from Arizona. Can you kind of tell our listeners what that was and what made that so special?
3: Yeah. So, you know, after this last um, presidential election, there was a lot of uproar on election integrity. And Arizona was one of those the states were, um, the, ele- the elections were in question as far as the, the ballots and, and all that sort of stuff went. And so they took a lot of steps to start addressing those issues, including um, uh, forensic audits and, and um, starting to put in pieces of legislation to uh, tighten up their, their um, voting. And so, yeah, I, uh, one of the uh, representatives over there is a friend of mine and most, most states, uh, including Idaho, um, the ballots and, and the mechanisms to, for people to come in and vote are not all done the same way throughout the state. Arizona was the same way. Mm-hmm. And so they decided to bring everyone onto the same page in regards to, to voting. And so they, um, passed a bill one year to fund those changes and to get every, or, or to make the changes. They made the changes first. Um, this is what we're going to now do. And then the next year they passed a bill to fund it. And so their ballot is really, I think it's really cool. Um, and so on their ballot, it has all sorts of security measures on it. Um, and you have to take a, a black light. And if you shine a black light on it, you can see um, all sorts of water markings that are on this ballot. Mm-hmm. And um, and then there's um, uh, special foil um, symbols that are on there. And I think it has about 12 different types of security measures that are on it, if I remember correctly. Wow. Um, they send it to one location that uh prints all the security measures on it and then it goes from that location to another location where they print all the um names and every and uh, different things that people are voting for and everybody has to use the same ballot they have to use the same um counting machine which i was told is only for counting purposes it's not hooked up to the internet or anything like that
1: Small businesses are the lifeblood of our economy. Two in every three jobs are created by a small business. They support our local schools, charities, churches, and more. This is exactly why we love to help small businesses grow. Our custom-tailored solutions allow all facets of your marketing to work in a symbiotic way, helping you increase revenue. From web design to social media marketing, from local search engine optimization to managing your online reviews, our custom solutions are built for you. Visit us today at silohillweb.com.
3: And everybody has to run their their elections the same way. And they did have some counties that that balked at that because they had just purchased new machines or they just done this or what have you. And they're like, look, we already funded you for doing it this way and everybody's gonna do it the same way and that way there's no confusion anymore. And we have a ballot that is secure. It would be very, very, very difficult to try to replicate it. And oh, and there's also what I really like is there's a code on the ballot so the voter can take that code and they can track their ballot after they have voted. That's huge. Which is really, really neat because that was one of the issues that I saw in our last presidential election. Is there was no way to track your ballot or, um, because we were doing, you know, all this mail and stuff, there was no way to know if, where your ballot went, mm-hmm. um, because you didn't have any way to, you know, there was no number given to you. And so, um, anyway, so they just added all these security measures. And so, yeah, so they gave me one of their ballots. It cost $2 a ballot to have all the stuff done to it. And, um, you know, really it, You know, that isn't I mean, that isn't like a ton to me, um, especially if it's helping to secure our elections. Yeah, that's huge.
0: Yeah. I wonder how much money they're actually saving, though, having uniformity with their systems to Mm -hmm. count those ballots. So,
3: yeah, you know, I don't know. That'd be a good question and, and one to look at as they proceed down this line. But I think how much money have they had to spend to do the mm-hmm. forensic audits That's and do all think. that sort of stuff, too. Right. Yeah. You're so, a lot of you know, that. so they might be, you know, either breaking even or saving money by not having to do all this other stuff uh, in the in the future. Yeah, I like that.
0: Did they tell you how much the old ballots they had ran?
3: I think if I remember right, it was like 50 cents. So they were a bit cheaper, but again, no security measures or anything yeah. like that on them. So, think how expensive
1: yeah. Sharpies are to um, give out to every voter. Remember all the, <laughs> the people who said yeah. Arizona, I was given a Sharpie. I'm thinking you didn't question that. They, yeah. they did. Right. But, right. Oh my gosh. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There
3: was so many things that happened there. And so I don't blame them for wanting to get everybody on the same page. Um, so that they don 't have to deal with that again that's yeah. smart is there an effort
0: yeah. is there an effort to do anything with our ballots here as far as having security on them
3: um there's no bill that I know of right this moment for that um you know i would I would love to see that um a, a few years ago there or uh, well, after the presidential election, there was a committee that was formed on election integrity mm-hmm. um that it was people from all over the state were on this committee. Um, I wasn't on the committee, but I went and attended and kind of helped them, um, you know, just just helped them with whatever they needed because it was at the Capitol. And um, they came out with a list of recommendations that they had for the legislature to, to pass in regards to election integrity. Now we have not, and then I know at this last um, state GOP winter meeting, there was a lot of talk on election integrity and there was some stuff um, I believe uh, passed on that too. And um, as a legislative body though, we actually haven't passed that much legislation on election integrity. And I really feel that there needs to be more done than that. Um, I am working on a bill currently in regards to that. I think there's a couple of others, but I'm hoping, I'm hoping there will be more and it is going to be really important um, with this upcoming election on who is the secretary of state. We need someone in there that is definitely going to make sure that our elections are fair and accurate and that, you know, every vote counts and that um, things are done correctly and that we're not allowing for changes um, that are unconstitutional to occur. Yeah. So, um, so it is going to be an important thing um, on, on, you know, whoever gets put into that position.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll tell you the podcast, What's Happened in Idaho. We were over the moon for Dorothy Moon.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. we've, we've
0: actually endorsed her. There's a couple races we've already endorsed. We've we focused solely on statewide races so far. Mm-hmm. We've covered the lieutenant governor's mm-hmm. secretary of state. I think that's the only two we've done. No, we we did actually. We, superintendent. We, yep, Both. superintendent. And then we did endorse Todd Engel yes. and Scott Herndon.
3: Yep. They're great. Mm-hmm. Well, Dorothy would be a great selection for that position because mm-hmm. she's very I know her personally. She's very honest. She's she is very concerned about, uh, you know, what's happening in the elections. Um, and, you know, Idaho, there were issues that transpired and there were things that did happen that should pro- that shouldn't have happened. And um, and so, you know, there there is a concern. My bill has to do with auditing um and and and, you know it wins both ways if you believe that our elections were done fairly then you should be all for for auditing um if you believe that there were problems within our elections then you should be for auditing yeah (laughs) no kidding so it works both ways (laughs) perfect yeah
0: Well, I would love to see that bill and see it passed. You know, I I think that, look, you know, it it never hurts to take a look and say, where do we have opportunities? Even if you take a look at it like that, Mm -hmm. like, okay, maybe we don't think that there's, you know, election fraud. This is what somebody might say. Mm -hmm. But let's look at some opportunities. Let's look and see if we can have some uniformity or something that we can do to improve the system. That's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially absolutely. when we hear that people are getting multiple, multiple ballots at their home. Like it's time to kind of look <sighs> yeah. for the holes in the ship before it goes yeah. down.
3: Or I know people that uh, were even running for office uh, the last um, major election that we had and requested their ballot and they never received one. They couldn't even vote for themselves because their ballot never came wow. in the mail. So, you know, there, there were all sorts of little hiccups all throughout the state. Um, you know, and then not to mention that we got, um, Facebook money into the state for elections. So there was $12 million, I believe for that as well. So there were, there were things that transpired. It was not, uh, you know, a hundred percent perfect whatsoever. Better to be proactive,
1: Mm -hmm. I think, and figure it out ahead of time before it. I believe that Mm -hmm. too, but
3: unfortunately I'm finding out more and more, especially in the legislative body that there's many people that believe that they would, or they would prefer, it seems like, to, to always be uh, uh, on the defense instead of the offense. <laughs> so, Stick head in sand. R- <laughs> yeah. they would, yeah, they would rather wait for the issue to come than try to, uh, try to, you know, do, put things into place or, or make measures um, happen to try to uh, keep it away. Yeah. So, which is, which Denial. is backwards to me. That's yeah. backwards thinking to me. And it's, 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 uh, you know, I, I don't know anyone that w- that's a good leader or a good general or a good whatever that would do things that way. I just don't. Yeah. Denial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Denial might be part of the part of the issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Well, is there any any other bills or anything that you're excited about that's coming up maybe this week or the next
3: uh, well, there's one bill that is concerning that's coming up, and that's House Bill 443. Um, it has to do with um, uh, moving um, government school employees onto the state insurance plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, this was presented uh, this last week, and there was a big blow blowup, uh, and words uh, I heard were exchanged. I was not there. I'm just telling you what I heard, but there is video. So you can go back and watch, watch some of the video on the, on the, uh, legislative website, but this bill to me is just, it's, it's not good policy. Um, it, uh, it creates a new, a new section of Idaho co to establish public school health insurance, um, participation fund, and it's going to cost, um, a lot of money. Like, I think it's $75 million or something like that to transition Mm -hmm. government school employees over to the state insurance plan. And, um, and it increases government. It um, I'm trying to look at all the little details Mm -hmm. here. You know, and it, it, it monopolizes insurance. It is giving the business to one specific insurance health insurance company. Yeah. And I'm like, that is, to me that's a huge red flag right there in itself um it's it's basically a wealth transfer is what's occurring it is in a lot of ways
0: yeah essentially it goes right to blue cross they get it you know that they get mm-hmm. all that money i know regent's blue shield they actually tried to have their lobbyists argue for it they gave them two minutes and it just wasn't received. Yes. It was already a predetermined outcome oh, for that. The,
3: mm-hmm. Yes. The whole thing was a sham. I mean, the committee that it went to, it, I mean, this is an education issue. It should be going to the education committee. And instead it was sent to another committee, which I don't even know how that's possible. So the committee was, was specifically picked and I believe it was uh, chairman Cheney's uh, committee that this went to. And, um, and yeah, and the, the way that things were facilitated was very unfair. Um, people were given very limited time to speak. Um, the committee members were given limited time to ask questions. And uh, the whole thing, to me, sounded like a complete sham and all, um, all created so that this bill uh, could, could um, proceed through.
1: What do teachers have now for insurance? Why would we choose something that's going to cost taxpayers way more and monopolize, like put it into a bigger government kind of hands? Why would we do that? What do they have?
3: I have, yeah, we can I mean. cut this
1: out. I have no idea what they, like literally, what do they, they have to have some sort of health plan right now.
3: Well, it's projected that transitioning uh, school employees over to the state insurance plan will increase spending by $1.26 billion dollars over Jeez. the next decade. That's crazy. That is a lot of money. 10 years, that's all you're talking is 10 years. Um it's crazy. It's a crazy amount. And again, this is one of the governor's things that he wants to wants to blow money on. Um you know, I mean, he promised that he'd fix roads and do all this other stuff, but boy, this was not one of the issues that he's ever brought up until now. And again, it's an election year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So people need to, to be aware of this. Um, you know, this is this is a concern. It needs to it needs to be addressed. Um. Yeah.
0: You said that it was uh, Greg Cheney who's the chair of that committee, right?
3: Yes. So HB 433, right? four three three, right?
1: should
0: be- four three six. I thought it was
1: four four. Th- Oops, sorry. Uh, four four three. Four four three. Okay. So we should yeah. be inundating Representative Cheney with emails, phone calls,
3: concerns
1: well it
0: already yeah. got out of his committee right
3: oh it did it already it, quickly went it in. it did get out of his committee wow. already and so yes but talk people to need to be rep. contacting their representatives and telling them to vote this thing down this is yeah. bad for idaho
0: at
2: least
3: there's take a, a moment. much better way
0: yeah at least take a moment and pause and talk about it that's actually what representative Scogg was arguing was like hey can we take a minute and mm-hmm. kind of get a feel yeah, for it chew on I, it
3: i Mm -hmm. I think it is such a disservice to the state and to the people when they rush things through like this. It is, I mean, we saw the exact same thing happen to um, the property tax bill uh, this last session. Um, Everything was done within about 24 hours from the um, time that I even knew that the bill even existed and that it was coming before my committee. And by the time it passed the, the house floor, um, it was literally 24 hours, and this was like a 24, 25-page bill, and we had no time to read it. We had no time to discuss it with our, our constituents or with our counties or our cities or even know what kind of impact this was. That is bad governing And it should not be allowed. People should not be allowing their representatives to get away with that sort of crap. It is bad. That is a bad way to govern. That is like that is to me, in essence, like Nancy Pelosi's way of governing where we have to pass it to see what's in it. Mm. That's what it reminds me of every time they do this sort of stuff.
0: Well, you know, shame on Representative Cheney. I mean, for me, when you said that it doesn't allow others to compete. For that contract mm-hmm. it made the hairs mm-hmm. on my arm stand up mm-hmm. it's disgusting we're supposed to be republicans mm-hmm. we're supposed to be mm-hmm. free market capitalists Correct. Mm-hmm. and you want mm-hmm. to say pass this get this through we're going to limit you from talking for more than two minutes because you're the competition and we've already decided who we're going to go with mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. in what in what world outside of government Mm -hmm. would you say hey let's not look for the best deal like if we want to have this discussion okay we can have the discussion Mm -hmm. but let's get some bids you know if i was going to build a house Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say hey let's just go with the first guy i'd say man let's look at the Mm -hmm. quality that's offered Mm -hmm. and then let's get a bunch of contracts
1: yeah and compete with it so you get a better bid this isn't yeah my
3: goodness
0: it's This is is
3: really, this is really, this is almost like mafia mentality Mm -hmm. to me where they've already selected how they're going, you know, who they're going to run this through and who's going to be the, the, uh, the, the company behind it and, and how they're, I mean, this is mafia mentality. This is how the mafia would work. (laughs) And so I think this is really, this is really bad policymaking. This is really bad legislating and, um, yeah. And those that are, that are doing this should be held accountable and called out for what they're doing. Yeah.
1: It seems like they're getting something for it too. What on earth? Why are you so pushy? If it's not a benefit, I don't get it.
3: And that goes back to what my thing was. What are they getting out of this? Mm-hmm. You always got to ask yourself that question. What are they getting out of this? So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, sure. people need to call and say, do not vote for this bill to pass. This is a bad bill.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll be the first to say it. Shame mm-hmm. on you, Greg Cheney. Mm-hmm. Anybody who lives in his district when he runs for Senate, vote for Chris Trakel.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> you don't have to weigh in Representative Nicholson.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a nice. Uh, there Changes in the Senate need to transpire. That is for sure. And uh, we need good people over there that are not going to do with uh, the same thing that we're seeing happening right now.
0: Yeah. You know, I got to say, I know that you've talked about potentially you're, you're not rolling it out. It's something that you're, I'm assuming, praying about, thinking about, but you're looking at transitioning to the Senate, depending on how the lines turn out, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it would be a great opportunity. And I think it need like I said, we need change over there. And the only way to make change is getting new people over there. So, yeah. so yeah,
0: there's actually a lot of good people that are looking to run mm-hmm. for the Senate. So I'm feeling a little hopeful and inspired that
3: good. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that maybe we can get some fresh blood in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was amazing watching. I'll tell you, here's the thing that I think about the Senate, Representative Nichols. When I look at it and I look at great conservatives, I look at it and say, you know, Senate's where you go to turn your stone. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the term is called, <laughs> but it's where you go to. You know, have your political career just you turn into a stone. When I look at it, I think of kind of like the Muppets, like the maybe not the Muppets, but one of those shows where it's like, you know, the, the elders. Guy, yep, yeah, exactly.
1: When you've graduated right. from the House, yep. you go to the Senate. Yeah. Good job. You graduated. It needs,
0: it needs a lot of life in that place, but I think it's going to take getting more people than just one because mm-hmm. you watch one Absolutely. person over, and I mean, It's exhausting. Mm
3: -hmm. You know, well, the good ones, we, you know, we have just a few good ones that are actually over there and it's a very lonely place for them. It really, really is. And, uh, you know, and, and there's a lot of older people over there, which I'm not saying that's bad, but I think we need to get some younger people over there. Um, some people that are more in tune with, with, um, their constituents, because there's people in the Senate that have been there for many, many, many years. And, um, and I think they've gotten, they've become out of tune with their constituents. Um, you know, I'm told that even my my own senator won't talk to people and, and won't return their, their phone calls or, you know, anything like that. She never talks to me either. So, um, but that's just the way it is, I guess. Um, and so, you know, but they've been there so long that they really aren't in tune with, with what their constituents are needing or or or. Uh, You know, concerned about or just whatever the case may be. So we do. And the only way to change it is to get to get fresh people over there and new new blood and um, and, uh, you know, and bring bring that life back to the Senate that it should have. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I just wish people would realize on their own that it's time to retire from this. If they're not listening to their constituents, if they don't want to answer the emails, if they don't want to talk to people, that maybe their day, <laughs> day in Senate is over. Maybe yeah. that's
3: not a good spot for them anymore. Yeah, yeah. you would hope, but it I, it just doesn't happen because what happens is they become beholden to the lobbyists, and that's who they're that they're they're representing. Mm-hmm. They're not representing constituents anymore. They're there representing lobbyists. Yeah, that's... And corporations and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So so they're there for a purpose. It's just not the right purpose.
0: Yeah. You know, I've often found myself getting angry and wanting to just say something mean to some of these senators and representatives because they are clear as day mm-hmm. not voting in the interest of Idahoans. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. following the party line. No. They're voting however they feel or however... They're
1: controlled. To whoever feel. they're
0: beholden to tells mm-hmm. them to. Mm-hmm. But what I've started saying instead now is because, as you guys all know, we're out in the streets, me, Kirsten, and a bunch of others trying to reshape Idaho politics here mm-hmm. in Canyon County. Mm-hmm. So I've instead started saying I am going to help them retire mm-hmm. so that they can focus okay, on time yep. with their family. Correct. And what's important.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. grandparenting <laughs> yeah. is great. Yeah.
0: That's a nice way it's of not- saying I am going to campaign with every you. ounce <laughs> of energy <laughs> I have in my body against you
3: yes yeah it's not that we want bad things to happen to them; they're just not useful in their position any longer and they're actually doing more harm to the state and to the people here than they are good and when they start doing more harm it's time for them to go home
0: yeah absolutely
3: we want to keep i mean we have people coming to the state like crazy um and we want to maintain what we have here um you know and you know, some people will say, "Oh, well, you know, this is because of all the newcomers that are here and yada yada." And I'm like, "No, it's it's not. This has actually been going on. This transition that Idaho has been going through has been going on for quite some time, and a lot of it's been done by people that are long. They've been here long term, or you know, they're they're you know, uh, they were born and raised in Idaho, and they they've gotten into positions and they've allowed this sort of stuff to start transpiring and happening." and they're growing government, they're expanding government, they're raising taxes and, you know, doing all this sort of stuff, it's rare that you have people come in and start doing the opposite, you know, limiting mm-hmm. government, lowering taxes. That That is what we have to maintain. But you can't just place the blame on, on the newcomers because it's been going on for quite some time and it's not all the newcomers that have done it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can't blame everything on us, Californians. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: we don't want to become, you know, you know, Seattle, and we don't want to become Portland, and we don't want to become California, or you know, places like that. And so, um, you know, so we have to maintain it. And again, we have to have good people in in these positions that will will help to do that. You know, we take an oath to to uphold the Constitution and for you know our, our our office. And you know, if you're not willing to do that, then that's the wrong position for you. This is this is a position that should be a selfless position and you should be there. Not that you're going to always represent everybody 100 percent all the time because that's impossible to do. But, you know, you have to have some uh, but you're but you are there to uphold the Constitution 100 percent of the time. And and so that is an important factor to remember. And if people that are running for first public office and whatever it is, and they're not willing to uphold their const the, the Constitution 100 percent of the time, then then they shouldn't be there.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I just want to put a little plug in that California gets something right. We have no state grocery tax. How it? we didn't have that. There was no state. grocery. See, tax. I mean, if California yeah,
3: can do it for Pete's sake. Idaho can do it. If- Cal- yes, if California can do it, Idaho should definitely be doing it. It's not that hard <laughs> for a good thing for a good reason. I think yeah, so. Yeah, it's it's not it's not that hard, and it shouldn't be that hard. And like I said, Representative Ronay has a great bill, um, you know, that can that can help facilitate that. And we're not. I mean, again, Idaho has this huge surplus, and we have a a coffer, which is the the Wayfair um, pot where, um, all online taxes go and that is to be utilized to offset, um, tax on Idahoans. And so we have the ability to be able to do that. We definitely have the ability. We have the ability to do a lot of good tax cutting solutions if we'll just do it. And if, um, the powers that be in leadership will allow it to happen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have a couple things for Canyon to realize that on this May 8th ballot we have more taxes that will go to our property taxes for these school bonds and school bonds in idaho are out of control right now nampa would like eight million dollars and rumor has it they got a hundred million dollars from the federal government so i'm like why do they need eight million now i that number oh yeah could be wrong but i got it from somebody who um was given an you know a school email talking about it so i i I can't believe they're. Asking that would for money. not
3: sound wrong to me at all, um, because there has been so much money given out in COVID money mm-hmm. to to uh, school districts. It is mind-boggling. <laughs> but
1: we're still going to ask for eight more million dollars on those tax-paying homeowners. It just it kills yeah. me. And then we don't want to come out on May. 8th, I mean, excuse me, on March eighth. It's it's a weird. We've got March. We've got May. We've got we need to consolidate i think it's really hard to get people out on those odd ones and that's where they throw those school bonds yeah
3: yes it is very very odd and um, we have tried to consolidate some of this um the senate was a stumbling block in that attempt Hmm. so um you know it might be coming back again but um yeah consolidation would be good it um it helps in both turnout and in cost um, for the state and so there should be no one against wanting to consolidate some of these elections but the um the people that you have that are against it are the ones that like to see low turnout because it's easier for them to pass these sorts of things exactly
1: yeah we got to cut that
3: yeah yeah we really should <laughs> well representative
0: nichols first let me apologize I've i've been getting over a cold so i feel like Every question I've asked or any interaction we've had tonight, I feel like it's been kind of like, where do your ideas come from? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so I apologize no. about that, but I do appreciate you're you taking fine. the time to talk to us this evening. Yeah. Is there anything you want to leave our listeners with before we, in the podcast? Or anything
1: you need. I know yeah. I've got two people who would like to read Bills, and if you're interested in having them read Bills, if anybody else wants to read Bills, you can text me and we can figure out how to get you in touch with them if Kirsten. you're interested. What yeah, can text absolutely. Off? I know. let me give you my number actually <laughs> anybody out there who wants to text me at 208-999-7390 and just text me a thing that says i'd like to read bills for you know representative nichols or, or the others who gosh 25 page bills and multiple and and trying to keep up with everything it i know it would be nice to have eyes on that and to let us know how constituents can help with um making the phone calls take you know taking the time to make an email out
3: yeah, we, we never turn away, you know, volunteers. Um, you know, one of the the misconceptions or things that people don't know about Idaho politics is our legislature. Um, we, on the house side, we don't have, um, our own like secretary. Like I don't have my own secretary or, or, you know, receptionists or there's one for like, uh, eight or 10 of us. And, um, and so, and, and they only have so much time to be able to help everybody. And so we, you know, myself and several of my other legislative colleagues, we never turn away um, volunteers. So we're glad to have people come down and, and help. And if they want to, yeah, if they can contact you and you can pass their information along to us, that's great. Or if they want to contact us directly, that's fine, too. Um, because we do need help with reading bills, um, sitting in different committees. Um you know, helping with uh, getting information out or or returning phone calls, things along those lines. Um, So we can we can find a place for people. That's not a problem if they want to just, you know, step into that role for a little bit um, and and experience it firsthand. And are they're good at researching? I mean, any of those sorts of things um, are very valuable and uh, we'd be glad to have them come and assist us.
1: That's great. You could always ask for at our Liberty Dinner or at our Treasure Valley Republican Women or, or the Action group after it, which is the Liberty Luncheon, ask for volunteers, because I know we've got a lot of, you know, eager people. I think one of the things when I moved here, I didn't realize how short our legislative session is. And so if Californians mm-hmm. or people from other states think it's this long drawn out thing, huh? No, 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 no. Our legislative yeah. session is like, why am I So we've got what, like, yeah, yeah I'm, well, right, not last year. But
3: normally, <laughs> are you done? What May? Usually we're is done towards it? the end of March. End of Usually March. Usually we're done mm-hmm. towards the end of March. Yes, yeah. you blink and miss pretty it. Pretty short. Yeah. It's a very fast session. There's a lot of stuff going on. And uh, so, yeah, the more help we can get, you know, the easier it is on all of us. Um, but, but, you know, just people in general, you know, I, I invite them to come down to the Capitol uh, any and all times when uh, we are there um, in session. Uh, they can come in and, and listen in on committees. They can testify. They can come in when we're on the floor. Um, there's lots of opportunities to just come. It's the people's house. The people need to be there um, as often as they can uh, just to be aware of what's transpiring. Uh, usually the agendas for the committees are posted uh, the, the night by the night before. Um, and so that tells you what's coming up. Um, some things are very short notice or things get changed around. So just be aware that that could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but testifying, you can now testify remotely. So, um, you don't have to necessarily come down to the Capitol, which works great for people that don't live close to the Capitol. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's available. And, um, you know, I tell people to take advantage of all the different opportunities that are there that they can participate in because it is supposed to be a government by the people. So, um, but if they can make it down to the Capitol, um, you know, we're more than happy to have them. Uh, they can give us a heads up if they're going to be coming down and, and, and they can come and meet with us. Um, you know, if there's uh, a time available, but yeah, um, we would, we would love that.
0: Awesome. Representative Nichols, do you like beef jerky? Beef jerky? Yeah. Sure. We do too. And our sponsor is Idaho prep company. And they make some phenomenal jerky. So mm-hmm. reason I bring that up is because mm-hmm. the last couple episodes we've had, we've tried to raise funds for whoever was calling in and we mm-hmm. got to speak to. Mm-hmm. So we'd like to extend that to you as well. Anybody who donates at least $20.22 $20. to Representative Nichols and emails us and lets us know, mm-hmm. we will put you in to where we do a shout out for everybody. We're also going to do something Kirsten and I just talked about since Idaho prep co is our sponsor here at what's happening Idaho we will buy their big gift box it's like six different types of jerky in there
1: three four five six Mm. hey that was a good call and
0: that was with and that includes dog jerky as well so we'll go ahead and buy that and we'll pick somebody's name at random and we will ship you a box of the jerky
3: yes I'd wow be- that sounds great, <laughs> <laughs> great.
0: representative nichols Feature where can awesome. people make a donation
3: uh they can go to nicholsforidaho.com or they can um uh, mail in a donation uh, to P.O. Box six five one, Middleton, Idaho eight three six four four. My website is going through some some changes, and so um, so it may not be available at this moment. Or you can also go onto my Facebook, and there's um, there's a way to donate on there too. But uh, or just email me, and I'll let you know the best way at the time to <laughs> to make a donation. So so anyway, but yeah, that there's there's a way. Perfect. Great,
0: Representative Nichols. Thank you so much for your time.
3: Yeah, that was great. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you all have a blessed week and we will see you next Monday.